With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Great chat last hour with John Snacian of the economictruth.org. If you missed it, uh, you can always check the replay and the archive. They're posted quickly now, the audio as well as the video. Um, and you know, feel free to download, watch, listen on 2x speed and, and share. Uh, you know, help, share TNT radio material where, wherever you can on in the metaverse wh- while you can, while we can. My last hour of 2023, I just realized. So, uh, counting down, I hope everyone has a safe and enjoyable uh, weekend as, as y'all, as we all wait for the clock to turn. Jose Nino should be coming up this hour. More war news. Turning to South America, Brazil's Ministry of Foreign Affairs said today it was concerned about a border dispute between Venezuela and Guyana that intensified this week following Britain's decision to send a warship to Guyana's shores. Britain, mind your own business. Yeah, you're you're way off in the other part of the world. Uh, It says Brazil's foreign ministry urged both countries to return to dialogue and said third countries should avoid military activities that support either side. Brazil's statement calls on both countries to stay true to the Argyle Declaration, an agreement signed by Guyana and Venezuela two weeks ago, in which their leaders said they would solve the border dispute through nonviolent means. Yes, diplomacy. It's a good thing. Use it. Do it. Russia warns Japan over patriots, the patriot uh, anti-aircraft missiles. Russia has slammed Japan's decision to send Patriot Pac-3 anti-aircraft missiles to the U.S., warning the move will have a negative impact on relations between Moscow and Tokyo. Uh, And now the New York Times has published an op-ed, Serge Schumann, Ukraine doesn't need all its territory to defeat Putin. Seems like the West is slowly uh, capitulating. He writes, Ukraine should not pass up an opportunity to end the bloodshed. Recovered territory is not the only measure of victory in this war. Regaining territory is the wrong way to imagine the best outcome. So Kiev, Washington, Brussels, and London have sold you out to dry. I like them apples. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you, you, you mess around, you find out. Uh, also reports false flag attack conspiracy theory that that word uh you know uh it, it, ukraine prepares chemical weapons provocation russia warns uh so you had maria zakharova warned that ukraine could carry out a dangerous provocation with chemical weapons to foment anti-russian sentiments internationally quote another anti-russian false flag attack with the use of western-made toxic substances is possible end quote she said, warning that such an event would serve to discredit Russia. They've tried it with the Syrians and Bashar al-Assad with the white helmets and the the, the false, the, the UK, the, the British-American false flag attack with the chemical weapons there. Um, and they've tried it with the Russians as well. Uh, and they're, they're just going to keep trying it. It's, it's, it's a tried and true tactic, false flag uh, operations. You probably already heard that South Africa has instituted proceedings against the state of Israel and requesting that the International Court of Justice um, indicate provisional measures um, uh, when it comes to the Genocide Convention 
and the crime of genocide in relation to Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Just uh, before I was coming on, I was listening to a great chat with Misty Winston here in TNT with Dan Kovalik, who I've interviewed uh, many times over the years, and he was he was giving a great analysis. Also a report here that uh, lost war against Hamas, Netanyahu to be ousted, says former Israeli chief, the ex-chief of general staff of the Israeli military, Dan Halitz, uh, asserts that the sole victory to be achieved in this war is the ousting of the Israeli prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Only time will tell. And this was a fascinating report. Israel logistics startup forges overland trade route to bypass Houthi Red Sea crisis. Trucknet Enterprise, an Israeli smart transport company, has forged agreements to facilitate an overland trade route for the transfer of goods from the Persian Gulf through Saudi Arabia and Jordan to Israel, bypassing the Red Sea waterway. Uh, and again, this you know, some of my listeners were pointing to Belt and Road. It's it's another kind of it's re related probably to the Belt and Road uh, initiative. All of these transport routes, um, Lavrov. Sergei Lavrov, Russia's foreign minister, has come out and said the U.S. dollar is being used as an instrument for regime change and interference in the inter internal affairs of other countries. And everyone is tired of the greenback. So what does that tell you uh, going forward? And I, I don't think I mentioned this yesterday. This was reported yesterday on the Army Times regarding the U.S. Uh, U.S. Army numbers are the smallest since World War II. What units face cuts in 2024? The U.S. Army finished the fiscal year 2023 with only 452,000 active duty soldiers. Its smallest force since 1940. That can't uh, be good. Iran executes four Mossad agents. Interesting. And China ups the ante in a bid to rival SpaceX's Starlink as G60 mega constellation satellite Chinese rolls off the production line in Shanghai, the G60 Starlink project, along with the 13,000 satellite Guawang National Network currently under constru construction, is widely seen as China's answer to Elon Musk's Starlink. So interesting to see this great power competition in all areas, uh, technological, scientific, economic, military, information, cyber, cultural, uh, war, psychological war, and 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 so on. So, a lot is going on. Twenty twenty four is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a reminder that you can listen and watch, view TNT Radio live in many ways. Uh, you can just go to tntradio.live, uh, and you'll see the live video stream there, or you can listen live on any device, desktop, lap, laptop, tablet, or mobile, even from your phone. You can do that, or you can download the smartphone app the TNT Radio smartphone app from the uh, Google or Apple App Store. We're also streaming live on X, Twitter X, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey. All your bases belong to us. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The U.S. military's mysterious X-37B unmanned space plane blasted into space Thursday night aboard SpaceX's hulking Falcon Heavy rocket for yet another secretive mission involving groundbreaking experiments. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer 
Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Sabori. This one's fun. It's so secretive, I'm scared to talk about it. What do you think? Let's do it. Uh, so, yes, yesterday, Thursday, December 28th, a fiery light returned to the skies over Cape Canaveral, Florida, shortly after sunset as a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket blazed yet another trail into the heavens. Its passenger, this time, the United States Air Force, or, well, the Space Forces, Super secret robot space plane known only as the X-37B. Um, now, this was the X-37B's seventh flight uh, and actually the ninth flight of the three-core launch vehicle, the Falcon Heavy, uh, which is currently the second most powerful in operation after the space launch system, the SLS, which is the new moon rocket from NASA. Now, uh, this, this launch uh, follows more than... Two weeks of false starts and delays, which are attributed to poor weather and unspecified technical issues, leading ground crews to roll the spacecraft back to its hangar before proceeding with Thursday's flight. Uh, it also comes two weeks after China's own robot space plane, or not the only one, uh, known as the Shenlong, or Divine Dragon, was launched on its third mission to orbit since 2020, adding a new twist to the growing U.S. Sinyo rivalry in space. The Pentagon has disclosed few details about the X-37B's mission conducted by the Space Force and uh, on, well, under the military's National Security Space Launch Program. The vehicle, which was built by Boeing, cheers to all the Boeing stockholders out there, am I right, uh, is roughly the size of a small bus, and it resembles a miniature space shuttle. It's built to deploy various payloads and conduct technology experiments on years-long orbital flights. Doesn't that sound exciting? At the end of its mission, the craft descends back through the atmosphere to land on a runway much like an airplane. Neat. It has flown six previous missions since 2010. The first five of them carried to orbit by Atlas V rockets, courtesy of United Launch Alliance, which was a joint venture of Boeing and everyone's favorite Lockheed Martin. And most recently, in May 2020, atop a Falcon 9 booster furnished by none other than Elon Musk's SpaceX. Thursday's mission marked the first launch, as I mentioned, above the more powerful Falcon Heavy rocket. And what does this mean? This is capable of carrying payloads even heavier than the X-37B farther into space, possibly into geosynchronous orbit, which would be more than 22,000 miles or 35,000 kilometers above the planet's Earth. The X-37B is also called the Orbital Test Vehicle. I think X-37B sounds nicer. Uh, and it has previously been confined to flights in low Earth orbit at altitudes below 1,200 miles, approximately 2,000 kilometers. The Pentagon, of course, has not said how high the space plane will fly this time out. However, in a statement last month, the Air Force Rapid Capabilities Office said that the mission, designated by the Space Force as USSF-52, would involve tests of, quote, new orbital regimes experimenting with future space domain awareness technologies, end quote. Oh, my. Such comments have led industry analysts and amateur space trackers to speculate that the X-37B may be bound for a highly elliptical orbit around Earth or even a path that could swing it out to the vicinity of the moon, a region in space in which the Pentagon has taken an increasing interest. Uh, Bob Hall, director of space traffic monitoring firm ComSpock, 
who analyzes the trajectories of orbital objects, said, quote, maybe this thing's going to go out toward the moon and drop off a payload, end quote. Yikes. But unfortunately, the closer the spacecraft flies to the moon, the more difficult it could be to safely return to Earth. And if it does, Herbori, chances are strongly we will have no clue what it did. Uh, what do you think about this crazy story? Maybe they're looking for the aliens. Um, but what you know was mentioned, what always comes to mind for me is full spectrum dominance, the Pentagon doctrine, uh, you know, William Engdahl. The German-American best-selling geopolitical author, who I've interviewed over half a dozen times. I know Patrick Anningson has interviewed him as well. Um, he's got he's got an, an, in a number of his books he he talks about this. But you can look at the he was it was a U.S. Air Force. I can't recall which branch of the Pentagon, but twenty years ago they have this doctrine of we need to uh, have full spectrum dominance. Uh, you know, land, sea, air, cyberspace, interspace outer space this probably has a lot to do with that you know Corey Lynn of Corey's digs she's she's been doing a lot of great work and analysis I haven't had time to bookmark some of her stuff and she's focusing on space now uh and I, I've thought this many years ago it's it's key you know to everything that we talk about ruckus the great reset CBDCs all this stuff I think the final frontier space is is key to this because they're throwing up all those satellites uh you know internet now starlinks google and facebook are sending you know internet balloons to third world countries to make sure everyone's under this control grid that you can't escape uh from it and you know the chinese are building out their own gps systems now their satellites their starlinks and so um it's 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 about the internet surveillance control grid which then they can use you know drones to to target uh, militarily target not just their adversaries but their own citizens like in black mirror i think that's sort of where we're going skynet becoming self-aware and so uh, i that's just i think this that's what this is all about we're watching skynet become self-aware your your further thoughts ruckus oh the military absolutely considers space basically literally quoting past experts and generals and higher ups or whatnot from other stories i reported across the years uh space is the ultimate high ground and, and I did some research back in the day to look at what that really means. That term, high ground, actually means a lot in uh, military um, perspectives. Um, so, yeah, they really do consider that by being so high up, they really have the best, you know, they, the better to spy on us with, Hervori. This is what this ultimately means at the end of the day. Now, what, that's fascinating because you have to take into consideration there's lots of folks out there that don't believe space is exactly as they describe it. And they, some of them think the globe is not a globe at all, and instead it's flat. Uh, so this this little theory of getting high up in space to better spy on people might actually work out in the, uh, the flat Earth theory, I, I hate to say, because the higher up they are, the better view they have, right? I'm just kidding yeah you know um but it's it's crazy i think they're they're taking us to this global dystopia and then they'll be able to have you know the, the other story i mentioned yesterday defense one talking about how their raytheon got like a 10 was a million dollar contract to figure out how to keep the drones 24 7 in the sky using lasers to power them uh and so this is what they're working on and i don't think you know it's it's not some something like you you and i would think of you know how can we better humanity more freedom and prosperity let's let's send up these drones to monitor us these armed drones with surveillance that's not really the what I'd be 
working on if I were king, but uh, all right, yeah. Well, it's been nice uh, working with you this 2023, Ruckus. We'll, we'll, we'll see you on the other side of 2024. If hopefully, you know, all goes well this weekend. Uh, so enjoy. H have a great new year. Thanks, Abari. You too. I'll see you next year, buddy. See you next year. Uh, we got um, one more guest, Jose Nino, coming on to round things out. As always, uh, call in with uh, questions or leave them in the chat. We'll be right back. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as I reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media like Telegram, who reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. I'm just going to do a little voice up. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. The Net Zero Con will leave millions of citizens dependent on state handouts. It isn't a theory. It's an agenda. There is no climate emergency. On air 24-7. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And it is my last show of 2023. Jose Nino is joining us. He's a purveyor of oh, contrarian God. political insights, freelance writer, political analyst. Find him on Twitter X at Jose A.L. Nino. Subscribe to his Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered. What's going on? Well, I didn't know I was your last show for this year, but I, actually that makes sense because I've kind of lost a sense of time. That's one of the weird things. Um, about working for yourself is that 
you do lose track of like the days because when you're like in the nine, the, the regimented nine to five grind, you kind of have an idea like which day is which and like what hours uh, which. But like now, um, sometimes like Fridays can feel like a weekday for me, and some weekdays can feel like a Friday or a Saturday. <laughs> it's exactly that, especially if you're working for home from home or if you're a digital nomad. There's a great meme. Yeah. Um, that that was posted uh this week it says from december 1st to 26th festive you know christmas and all that and then from december 27th to the 31st right now it's got the the stick figure holding cheese it says confused full of cheese unsure of the day of the week uh and so that's just <laughs> uh that's how it goes and and by the way jose i finally caught up i listened to your two most recent podcasts from your Substack. really good stuff with um Daniel McAdams of the Ron Paul Institute. I've hung out, I've interviewed Daniel. I've been to his house. Uh, so that was a really great chat you had with him. I urge people to check out your Substack and Keith Preston as well, talking about Israel Palestine, the New World Disorder. Uh, I think I'm going to have Keith on back here on TNT and Living Color. We'll be we'll be seeing him for the first time next week. That's right, Thursday next week. Keith will be on with me uh, here, and so. A lot is popping off, Jose, but maybe to get your thoughts first with uh, Trump and the main ballots. Apparently, uh, he's not people can't vote for Trump in, in Maine. It's almost like the regime is attempting to start a second civil war. What, what, what's your reaction here? Yes, this is definitely a kind of coup of sorts. And yeah, they're um they're clearly not confident in Biden's ability to win. To uh, be honest, and I also believe this is why they're really trying to prop up Nikki Haley. I think there's a lot of negotiating behind the scenes where Democrats are trying to get have all their bases covered because when you look at the numbers and how things are going to get even worse heading into 2024, it, it just doesn't look good for Biden on paper. And they're gonna, and the political, the ruling class is going to pull every stop to ensure that Trump um, doesn't get in. And if it means effectively destroying whatever institutional stability the U.S. had, they're they're gonna go that far. Consequences be damned. And at that point, the U.S. will be entering a very precarious phase of its political existence. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but it makes perfect sense. So the Uniparty uh, regime wants to kind of have all their bases covered on the left as well as the right. They're going to go with Biden if they can't. Maybe Gavin Newsom, or if the right is winning, we'll we'll throw in Nikki Neocon, Nikki, the second coming of Hillary there. And so yeah, any anyone but but Trump. And then you know, there's today just as an example, an analysis being published today that I read, James Howard Kunstler who does great work, you know, he's publishing today saying 2024 is the year Americans um, capable, still capable of paying attention, realize that we're, uh, that everything's basically going to start collapsing. Uh, and then, you know, Charles Hugh Smith, uh, he, he also talked about how Roman elites were still writing letters to one another, complaining of the breakdown of everyday life right up until the system uh, collapsed. And so, you know, any other thoughts, uh, um, internally regarding the US of what's what's um what's going on you know we we week by week sort of cover um a lot of this stuff you know the migration the economy 
uh, you know, and anything else that's interesting for you that's going on right now, whether in Washington or, or beyond? I am particularly shocked by just the overall normalization of the border crisis, if you will, in terms of like the coverage. And what I mean is, what's happening there is a veritable invasion, like where you have tens of thousands of people moving in in a span of days across the border. Yeah, these are not like conventional military forces, but this is like a massive movement of people that is being allowed to, um, to enter the country without any impunity whatsoever. And the media is just like nonchalant about this. They actually covered it, which is that, which is the scary part about it. They're covering this stuff, whether it's like MSNBC or CNN, like they're finally covering it because it's almost unavoidable. But like these people, they think it's like an everyday facet of life, which I find to be very disconcerting because in previous epochs where we actually had a sane polity, this stuff would be like cause for like a national emergency, like deploy troops, get something like sorted out at the border. But now this is being treated as normal. And I am like pretty shocked at like what is going on there. Because if you look at um, immigration figures from like the Fed uh, American, um, the Federation of American Immigration Reform, the close to like 6 million people have already penetrated the southern border with um, the U.S. southern border with Mexico. And uh, since Biden was installed in office in 2021, and that number is only ballooning. And what's happening right now, even if Biden is kicked out of office, this will have a massive like demographic transformational effect that will be felt for the rest of the century. And the America that people read about in their textbooks, well, at least people who like are, let's say like 30 and up, that America is going to be gone. That's going to be like a relic of like an ancient past. And we're going to be living in a just totally different civilization. And I feel bad for the people who are like the descendants of the original 13 colonies, the original uh, colonists who built what was like a Northwestern European Anglo-Saxon Protestant polity. Now this looks like this weird tower of uh, Babel type of, entity that is unrecognizable that would be totally unrecognizable to the founding generation yeah images that come to mind for me you know come from a lot of the, the dystopian films like blade runner and, and whatnot because if, if you you know if you pay attention to the brief moments and scenes in those movies it's all just a mix of people living in these, these dystopian um cities and i think we've crossed the rubicon i think this is important um from the reports that i'm seeing we've you know in terms of migration um, it's not going to change. It's here. It's not going to be solved. They're flooding the U.S., shifting the demographic, and you know, welcome to the USSA uh, 2.0. We're going to jump real quick to our headlines. Really big, 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 big. The biggest breaking news story. Big, gigantic, big, enormous. TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has declared that Britain's deployment of a warship to Guyana constitutes a violation of the commitment to a peaceful resolution of the Essequibo dispute. 
Massive waves caused by intense storms in the Pacific Ocean led to at least eight people being hospitalized in California's coastal towns on Thursday. The International Court of Justice in The Hague has received an appeal from South Africa, which alleges that Israel's actions in Gaza constitute genocide. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. We're talking to Jose Nino on my last uh, half hour uh, here on TNT of 2023 time is flying do check out Jose Nino unfiltered on uh Substack he's got a number of great uh, podcasts and analysis and just on the border issue um reading today California becomes the first state to provide illegal immigrants with health insurance uh someone says universal universal basic income will be next uh and that this is just the beginning nobody will be deported and no benefits will ever be taken away. It only moves in one uh, direction. I could also yeah. see this crisis being used as the pretext to bring in universal basic income, the the CBDC mm. system. As they tried to use, you know, under COVID, they tried to use that crisis as the pretext to to send in digital direct payments. I had a guest on recently, I think, talking about that. And then Leo Hochman, who does great work, he made his predictions for 2024. He says the takedown of America, by his calculations, there are anywhere from 1.5 million to 5 million foreign soldiers already inside the U.S. awaiting uh, orders. And he says one of his predictions, and I've been thinking about this for years, he says the construction of a wall at the U.S.-Mexico border finally commences in 2024, but not for the reason most Americans think. The wall will be built not to keep foreigners out, but to keep Americans in. The globalists have already assembled a foreign army of sleeper cells inside the U.S. How many more troops will they need? Not too many more. Near the end of 2024, don't be surprised if you see a construction started on a wall. Um, every effective dictatorship needs a wall to keep its citizens in check and uh, so on and, and so forth. So I managed to escape, uh, Jose, <laughs> out to Mexico. But you know, any other thoughts on the migration um, issue? We, we, we did see the major cities in New York, uh, Chicago. And forgetting who I think was in California, uh, the, the third city saying, we, we can't anymore. You know, they're, they're crying uncle. Yeah. Oh, there's so much to talk about there. California is a post-national state. They, the, the, the ruling class there does not care about preserving the ethnic core of that state whatsoever. They're just going to open the floodgates to everybody, provide all the benefits. And yes, I could see universal basic income ultimately being shepherded in by virtue of the fact that it's going to be justified as a way to standardize all forms of like human activity in the U.S. And that includes the activity of illegal aliens. And a lot of times, too, the way mass migration boosters justify amnesty is to just regularize people's like work status and all of that. That could be part and parcel of that project. Um, with respect to the wall, I could see the ruling class use the wall as a way to keep people in. But um, I think the way that they're going to try to keep people in as well is there's going to be social credit systems that will deprive people of their ability to drive, um, fly, 
all this stuff or go even on boat as well because of how integrated technology is and all that and how powerful corporations have become they have multiple ways of doing that i would also venture to say as well because i was reading a story um of the florida congressman matt gates sending a letter to delta airlines um pressing the airline company about how it allegedly worked with ngos and government agencies to fly illegal aliens um in the u.s uh, or across the u.s and i think that that's another ploy that's going to be used by the ruling class is that they will sort of start funding massive amounts of flights because think about it massive migration boosters are billionaires and they can easily pay um for the flights of all these people because like that stuff is like chump change for them and they can like continue to to um diversify their stream source if it's not going to be terrestrial it will be aerial yeah and yeah, just one thing I, I i just recalled i forgot i was looking at this i think today or yesterday where we had amlo mexican presidents uh lopez operador meet with uh was it blinken and the the head of the american stasi Mayorkas <laughs> of the Department of Homeland Security, who Lord. dares ban me from PayPal, little old me, American citizen. But um, yeah. uh, he tweets out, uh, quote, we had a very productive meeting with Lopez Obrador and members of his cabinet in Mexico City. The regional challenge of migration requires regional solutions. So for me right there what's screaming out is north american american union, trade yeah yeah union, regional yes. regional economic political <laughs> cultural union regional north american so it's like and mallorca is he's yeah and he's mallorca has exacerbated the migration crisis they're creating it intentionally oh, uh, or at the very least exacerbating it the dhs and all these agencies so they're creating a regional problem it's a false flag operation this is a false flag operation they're creating a regional problem and guess what solutions it's going to be a regional solution like a north american union and so it's it's it's, it's uh it's 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 the same old script uh jose it's it's just crazy yes mallorcas is facilitating a massive invasion at the border which in my opinion is a tantamount to treason and i am in agreement for once with the republicans who are trying to impeach him but to me that this juncture that's just like a political gesture at best with very little weight but like if they could somehow take back the senate republicans and keep the house if and not if not like span and the margin their margin of control that would be ideal because Mallorca's like really has just given up on immigration enforcement for the most part. And and well, while we're here on Mexico, you know, any any further thoughts from you on Mexico or Latin America? I did read Mexico has jumped to twelfth largest, uh, I think, economy according to the IMF now. And I just kind of see things going up and up in Mexico. You know, regarding the you know forgetting yeah. about the cartel security issue it just seems in general that you know investment is pouring in I think there was record investment now in Mexico the economy is going up and so despite the security situation uh and so any thoughts on Mexico and then you know the rest of Latin America Brazil you're you're here we're hearing news today you know regarding the Venezuela Guiana spot 
Brazil is chiming in. The UK has sent a warship. And so thoughts on Mexico and then uh, South America. Mexico's economy is pretty on point because um, I think uh, it owes a lot to the fact that um, Mexico is a very federalized polity. It's pretty decentralized wherever like, yeah, there's like some states that are just infested with cartel activity, but then there's others that are incredibly economically productive, whether you look at like the state of Jalisco or like even like um, Nuevo León with like Monterrey and stuff like that, like Norteños like those states are very developed economically speaking um i think this idea that mexico being like this total backwater um it's kind of dated to be honest um it's like very much um i'd say like has very comparable standards of living to uh many emerging economies and regional powers like say turkey and all of that and it's got a lot of economic heft i'd also add to the U.S.'s nearshoring strategy of that has become like the product of like the decoupling is done with China has made Mexico like one of its most obvious trading partners. It had already been a large trading partner, but it's now doubled down on that. So I think economically speaking, things will look good in Mexico. The big issue, in my opinion, though, um, is going to be the nature of like the mexican state and its ability to uh, contain cartels because um with these economic booms cartels can easily profit off they become even stronger and pose um, a bigger threat to the mexican state which has been on security issues pretty weak yeah we're just gonna have to see um going forward but you know things for now looking up uh here and Mexico and maybe to get your thoughts on the wars because I'm reading daily now China puts itself on high alert because of U.S. expansion to, into the Indo-Pacific North Korea today uh, Kim Jong-un has ordered his country's military uh, industry to accelerate war preparations Britain now says we established a program uh, to mobilize the British Army to make it ready for war in Europe. Uh, I read earlier this this month a story I missed. There's calls now for the EU to to have its own nukes, uh, and so it's just like. And then you got John Bolton. Of course, we talked about John Bolton all the time. Oh, uh, Jose, he he puts out an op-ed today. The West may now have no option but to attack uh, Iran. Yesterday, Lindsey Graham was saying we need to attack Iran, and so it just seems crazy all over the all over the world. And the, the defense spending is up. Uh, Financial Times reported uh, today. I'm trying to find real quick, pull it up in my uh, Telegram where I, I curate my news. You feel free to jump onto my Telegram. Global defense orders surge as geopolitical tensions mount. And it just seems like everyone's preparing. No, uh, Jose, your thoughts? Yes. Um, the Houthi crisis um, is definitely like the latest chapter in neocons attempts to get into war with iran and they're going to be milking this situation for as much as they can because um it's become very clear to me that there are significant elements of the u.s ruling class that are kind of skeptical of um a war with iran for a host of reasons because um let's face it if you're going to do a pivot to asia 
um, getting to into a war with Iran, which will become a massive boondoggle, is going to leave like the Eurasian powers like Russia and China um, in a much stronger position because they're going to be relatively unscathed and they will likely be arming Iran to the hilt if such a scenario occurred. And also, I just think that th this could like easily turn into a war that not only damages the U.S.'s prestige abroad, but it could cause massive domestic repercussions too with um, the right the in inevitable large body count of American soldiers lost and the costs, the financial costs incurred by this type of invasion. And just looking at the overall economic cataclysm it will generate through insanely high oil prices, I just think that it's such a disaster that some people in the ruling class are just saying, yeah, I think we need to like chill out on this. And speaking of oil, I was looking at yesterday, global, global oil demand is skyrocketing. There were reports as we go through this green transition that um, demand for hydrocarbons, as I like to call them, would decline. But no, uh, they're just it's climbing more and more the demand for hydrocarbons, which I think I think it's a good thing. Uh, you know, people need to use energy to live. Otherwise, uh, you know, um, we'll be dying. <laughs> we'll be impoverished. And so it's time for our break. Uh, again, people can go to Jose A.L. Nino on Twitter X, Jose Nino Unfiltered over at uh, Substack. Feel free to leave any uh, thoughts, comments in the interactive live chat. Email me through my contact form at tntradio.live or um, call in. We shall return. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I absolutely love this quote from Alex Epstein. Green energy has two problems. It's not really green and it's not really energy. And therein lies what we are fighting here. The fact of the matter is, this has nothing to do with climate. It has everything to do with restricting the ability of people to have inexpensive energy and by having inexpensive energy become more upwardly mobile. Now, hopefully this gets recognized more and more with each passing day. I know that I've been talking to some college age kids where I live and they say the college age kids are becoming more and more aware of what's going on here. That certainly would be something that would be a benefit. All we ask is that people look at all the information and make a rational conclusion given what they're actually seeing and what the data actually says. There is no climate emergency. We are in a climate optimum. And again, what a great quote. Green energy has two problems. It's not green and it's not energy. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Eggs. You can fry them, scramble them, poach them, boil them or race them on a spoon. But uncooked eggs can be a risk for food poisoning. To be safe, avoid buying dirty or cracked eggs. Always wash your hands after handling eggs. And if you're concerned, pregnant, elderly or have a poor immune system, make sure you cook eggs until the yolk starts to firm. Or look for new pasteurised eggs. For excellent eggs, handle them safely. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Eggs. What comes to mind is the raw egg nationalists who I interviewed uh, on my 
podcast. Great. I've read his book. Very good. Highly recommend it. He, he recommends downing raw eggs. Uh, but um, it's our final segment. Uh, my final uh, segment here of uh, 2023. We'll be heading into 2024 over, over the weekend. We've got uh, our friend Joe on the line what's out there in california what's what's happening joe yes yes san diego along the border here somehow we're we're all still surviving economies thriving biotech and the uh, military industrial complex humming right along with all our military bases here so from this corner of california on the border things seem just fine uh can't speak to la or uh the Bay Area. But, uh, yeah, wanted to just call in. And, uh, Hervoy, I've heard you mention a couple of times that you feel that, that there, something like there should be a state of Israel or, or that they have a right to exist or something to that effect. And I was kind of wondering, you know, how there's alternative people who look at the uh, H events during World War II. I'm, I'm not bringing that up. I'm just saying some people look at that. Uh, have, you know, the whole idea that, oh, anti-Semitism was so bad in Europe after World War II that the Jews really needed some place to go. And here we are, you look at Jews do well all over the world. They're in Sydney, Australia. They're in Mexico City. They're in Buenos Aires. I mean, wherever you go, Jews are living great, and they're in the top tier of society. Do you guys think that it's kind of overblown how bad anti-Semitism, in quotes, was in Europe, and they needed a place to flee to. I've always kind of wondered if that's a bit of a trope that was a Zionist push to, to blow things way out of proportion. My two cents real quick is, you know, I think the whole State of Israel project was going on before, you know, the Nazis even existed, right? 1917, Balfour yeah. Declaration, late 1800s. And, you know, my reading of history... Um, I would say just you know, at a basic level that I do feel that throughout history there was anti-Semitism uh, anti or ill-feeling towards Jews, you know, not just the 20th century, but if you go like to the Middle Ages, I think they were also uh, targeted and then under the Roman Empire. So, uh, and you know, I think definitely today the exclamations of anti-Semitism they've crossed the rubicon you know, i remember years ago reading the great um was it the irish um reporter robert fisk i read his thousand page book the great war for civilization he interviewed uh, bin laden in the 80s and it, he wrote a book on how you know it's being worn out this this term uh and i don't really see that i, I think they are hyping it up uh but yeah your thoughts jose yeah, it's largely overblown in modern times because, let's be honest, a lot of like these attacks against um, Jews in Europe and U.S. are really um, <clears throat> connected to like Israel and in the sense that of like like the Israel's like really controversial policies against Palestinians, and this creates like a scenario where you can have like pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian um, people like clashing on the streets or like really angry Muslims in Europe um, attacking like synagogues and all this stuff. But that's really connected to like um, the Israeli state. Because if you actually look at the history of um, Muslims and Jews, they actually gotten along historically speaking prior 
to the foundation of um, Israel. And the Israel project has been going on for a while. In fact, actually, even certain founding um, members of the founding generation, I think like John Quincy Adams, like the son of John Adams, was kind of partial to the creation of a of a Jewish state. But um, yeah, historic anti-Semitism has been pretty prevalent in Europe. And a lot of it um, was like based on like ignorance and also just the fact that they um engage in collective punishment for the actions of very like seedy um jewish sects that weren't really always like representative like as, of jewish people as a whole because there's also a pretty good deal of assimilated jews and in fact there is like um a lot of the people that exposed a lot of these like weird um, Jewish sects were actually Jews themselves, like that were just trying to assimilate. There's a lot of like in the U.S. You go to U.S. There's in Texas. There's a lot of German Jews here that don't care about Israel or the state of Israel or really like ultra orthodox like Judaism and all these like weird um, right wing permutations of Zionism that are kicking off in Israel. Um, but like I think it's a very much exaggerated um, in present times because like um, Jews have. Uh, completely thrived in Western countries. Like that's just like undeniable. You look at like from like Albert Einstein to um the count uh countless like Nobel Peace Prize winners of these days and like many Jews in finance from like Michael Bloomberg to all, all these people, they thrive. Like the idea that they're like being like persecuted um systematically in Western polities is kind of um is very exaggerated. Like yeah, there are like some incidences of like anti-Sionism uh, that get out of control because, but that's I think more politically related to what's going on in Israel more so than some um, weird um, iteration of anti-Semitism. I, I might just add, uh, I might just add that one reason that they thrive. It's more maybe more out of principle. My, myself uh, being experienced and being a foreigner, uh, and you know why reason you see maybe Chinese. Uh, expats yeah. or certain Asian groups yeah. that succeed very much in the U.S. or foreign countries where there's enough of them where they can form groups uh, abroad and then mutually they have uh, social help capital. each other. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they have social capital, but um, yeah, I, I just think that um, that yeah, that this stuff gets really hyperbolic and really um, if we're being honest, um, it was played into the system's hand because it's going to be used to justify hate speech laws and stuff like that and destroying um any type of free speech discourse because when you say that being against the israeli state's actions as anti-semitism that's just like a way to criminalize any criticism of israel and like the u.s's special relationship with it any other thought joe well i appreciate your input guys uh yeah just, oh her boy which uh, beach town did you go to for your vacation i was in the state of uh colima okay well, not, yeah, not as uh, not, Jeff you Berwick know. talks about that place. Yeah, what about? I, I was yes. just going to say, you, you said, uh, you said uh, a couple of weeks ago you were having some health issues, and Jeff says there's some really good uh, stem cell places in uh, both Guadalajara and in Puerto Vallarta. So he, he's older than you and I. I'm 44. I think you're about 42, and his health seems to be doing pretty well. So maybe look into some stuff that Jeff's doing, and you can get it, you know, for so much cheaper there in Mexico. I'll see if I can meet Jeff. I should be going to Acapulco for Anarchapulco and uh, I'll, I'll be broadcasting from there. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take it up with him. Well, have a wonderful 
uh, New Year, Joe, and we'll we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Same to you guys. Happy New Year. All right, we're uh, down to the wire. Three and a half uh, minutes to midnight. You know, do you have any predictions, Jose, uh, for twenty twenty four or extrapolations? Uh, I, I just feel like they're going to be pulling the cyber polygon cyber attack hard. They're trying to foment civil war. I think it's going to be total chaos when it comes to the to the elections, even more so than than last time. Uh, and then yeah, yeah, more might wars. be a delay. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's going to be a, a delay um, of, I, I think there's probably going to be a, a delay in the elections. I just think that there's uh, there's going to be um, some type of breakdown of the electoral system because I, I do believe you, the U.S., like the very basics of a U.S. election, um, I don't think that this ruling class can get in town <laughs> at all. Like, it, it's going to get nasty. Um, I, fool, I expect some incidences of political violence in the U.S., where some people get killed or whatever i don't think it's gonna get like big but i think there's gonna be stuff that gets goes down like that um on the world stage um hmm. you could see i could see something um happening in africa because i think where people least expect it is where something could pop off like some type of like conflagration the same between like ethiopia and egypt because they're they've been at loggerheads um with regards to like water issues and also like sudan as well those that that area just seems like a total hotbed for potential conflict and um with russia ukraine i could see russia finally um start to like not only like pursue a war of attrition but like continue its war of attrition but also start making moves towards historically russian cities like odessa and um just start um creating like an east uh, an official east-west divide in ukraine after it's become clear that the west is not willing to negotiate with it to reach like a sustainable like security arrangement for your security in europe and i'm wondering if nikki and johnny are gonna get their wishes to bomb iran so we'll we'll see and i will continue to worry about the the police state the creeping uh creeping police state uh, at what point do we really cross the rubicon um there so that's about it folks minute to midnight uh left here in 2023 for my broadcast here on tnt I'll be back next week uh, as well, and soon I'll be uh, in, in Morelia in a couple of weeks at the Derek Bros's Greater Reset, which uh, that'll be fun. And then I think Acapulco after that in uh, February and Acapulco. So a lot uh, going on. Uh, as always, love to hear from folks. Uh, send me email in the through the contact form, uh, and it'll be rocking 2024 here on T2 Radio. Uh, Jose, tell us again where we can best find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Twitter slash X at Jose Al Nino, and then Substack, my Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered at josbcf.substack.com. And you can check out my podcast there, El Nino Speaks, which you can download on iTunes and Spotify as well. All right. Happy New Year, uh, Jose. See ya on the other side. Steve Malberg is up next. So keep on rocking in the not so free world, everyone. <laughs>